Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man. He's called Mal Evans. He was on roadie. And uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Salt and pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We are not here because we love Vladimir Putin. We are here because we love the United States. And we want it to remain prosperous and free. You have no reason to be afraid of it. We are not encouraging you to agree with what Putin may say in this interview, but we are urging you to watch it. You should know as much as you can. And then, like a free citizen and not a slave, you can decide for yourself. Tucker Carlson there talking about his interview with uh, Vladimir Putin, which will be available, I believe, at some point today on X, formerly known as Twitter. Well, or Tucker Carlson's website. Uh, Mm -hmm. And uh, X is going to have it unedited. So... Um, one thing Tucker said in his preview clip there that he released a couple of days ago that I didn't agree with, he said, um, was there any media that did any challenging interviews at the beginning of this war with Zelensky? And I would say, I don't remember seeing any. It was all pretty fawning. We're on your side, which Mm -hmm. I am on the side of Zelensky and Ukraine, but there, there was not a lot of uh, hard interviewing going on there or scrutiny at the time. I think that's true. Yeah. And I have so many thoughts on this topic. Uh, Let's, let's start with that. And the fact that um, uh, the European union is considering a travel ban on 
Tucker for interviewing uh, Putin. And there are various folks on the always feverish social media who are calling Tucker all sorts of things from on Putin's payroll to a fascist, et cetera, et cetera. Come and on. Some of it might actually be right. <laughs> yeah. Some but- of it, well, hang on, some of it might be right, but not because he interviewed Putin. One of my favorite uh, memes yesterday was a picture of George Stephanopoulos interviewing Putin. Journalism. Then it was Leslie Stahl or somebody, uh, journalism. Then it was a third well-known journalist, journalism. Then it was Tucker Carlson, and that was uh, communism or fascism or whatever they're accusing him of. How about the fact that uh, Germany, which is the most powerful country in the European Union, you were buying gas for Russia up until recently when they were doing all kinds of horrible things in your neighborhood. Come on, shut up. Yeah. So it's as usual with this sort of thing at a fever pitch and everybody's screeching and speaking half truth, including uh, some of what Tucker's saying is uh, just absolute uh, propaganda. It is um, a fair, a very skillful writer leading people along with half truths, which is his right. Certainly, I agree with him sometimes. I disagree with him sometimes. Uh, you know, I'm I'm struck by this. This is kind of it's a weird way to incorporate this, but what the hell. Uh, I mentioned this very briefly earlier. If you poll seniors in high school, girls, who rate themselves on the liberal side of the spectrum, which is practically all of them, not all, but practically all, 70% believe women are discriminated against in getting a college education. Despite the fact that women obtain more bachelor's, master's, and Ph.D. degrees than men, and there are 11 times more women's-only scholarships than males-only scholarships in the U.S., or the reason I bring if, that up, or ahead. if you just use your eyeballs and walk around any college campus, you think, is this an all girls college or are there any dudes here? Literally like every campus in America. Uh, the reason I bring that up is because uh, there's a reason regime after regime uh, engages aggressively in spin and or outright propaganda. It's because it works. It's not like, um, you know, doing a rain dance and hoping it rains. It's more like chemistry if you get the ingredients right it will work propaganda works now why would conservative super patriot tucker carlson be interested in according to some perpetuating vladimir putin's propaganda i think i have something like an answer in a minute but let's hear a little more of tucker uh let's go with uh, 90 michael the post-World War II economic order, the system that guaranteed prosperity in the West for more than 80 years, is coming apart very fast, and along with it, the dominance of the U.S. dollar. These are not small changes. They are history-altering developments. They will define the lives of our grandchildren. Most of the world understands this perfectly well. They can see it. Ask anyone in Asia or the Middle East what the future looks like. And yet the populations of the English-speaking countries seem mostly unaware. They think that as nothing has really changed. And they think that because no one has told them the truth. Their media outlets are corrupt. They lie to their readers and viewers. And they do that mostly by omission. So what's Tucker insinuating there? That's, well, first of all, I don't think anybody could disagree with no. most of that. No, absolutely not. Uh, I tell you what, before we get more into the analysis, let's hear 92. At the same time, our politicians and media outlets have been doing this, promoting a foreign leader like he's a new consumer brand, 
Not a single Western journalist has bothered to interview the president of the other country involved in this conflict, Vladimir Putin. Most Americans have no idea why Putin invaded Ukraine or what his goals are now. They've never heard his voice. That's wrong. Americans have a right to know all they can about a war they're implicated in. And we have the right to tell them about it because we are Americans too. Freedom of speech is our birthright. We were born with the right to say what we believe. That right cannot be taken away no matter who is in the White House. Well, at the My, beginning of this war, or prior to the war, didn't Putin give a whole bunch of speeches explaining why he did it? I was just going to say, I have heard Pete Putin's reasoning over and over and over again, leading up to, during the invasion, during every phase of this war, through his proxies and directly from him. So the idea that nobody's heard from Putin is ridiculous. It's laughable. Um, and, and Tucker's certainly uh, entitled to whatever point of view he, he wants to have. I see an amazing amount of misinformation on the pro-Russia uh, side. And I would also agree that uh, Zelensky has uh, been treated with uh, the hero treatment, kid gloves, by a lot of our journalists. Both are true. Um, and so what's going on here? I think I know. I think I know. I'm going to set this up, then we'll take a quick break and come back. First of all, there are a lot of words that are so prejudicial and so explosive these days that you almost don't want to use them. Like fascism, which, you know, is a s description of a specific sort of political system in political science. It's practically useless. It's like, w or, was Hitler a national socialist? Wait a minute, socialism? That's on the left. They weren't right. They were left. All of that analysis is completely useless. It's silly. It's only useful in school books. Um, and then the word fascism got embraced by the left until it was like anybody who disagrees with you on what we ought to have for dinner tonight is called a fascist. But as a guy who's been into this since I was a teenager, I want to hit you with some of the characteristics of, of fascist regimes and the reasoning behind them. And you tell me whether you think it fits people who are staunchly pro-Russia right now. And, and uh, again... To call somebody a fascist and then walk away like you've won something or convinced somebody of something is dopey. That's not what I'm trying to do. That's that's not the point. It's not a, it's it's not a conviction of anything. It's just a description. So why don't we take a break and I'll make that case in a second. Okay, I want to hear that and I look forward to definitely listening to Tucker's interview with Putin, which comes out today. And uh, see what it actually is said. I'm sure we'll be dissecting that tomorrow more. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say just a, a, there is a lot of argument whether Tucker is a lapdog of Putin enabling his propaganda or he's just doing journalism. And it's funny, both sides are stating with certainty that they know the answer to that question. It all depends on what the tone of it. Did you object when George Stephanopoulos interviewed Barack Obama? No. Did you object to his butt-kissing tone? Yes. It's all in the execution. We haven't heard that yet. But anyway, the whole fascist question coming up next. Armstrong and Getty. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. 
Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything. Everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before, tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon and Time, is back for another round. We have more insightful conversations between myself, Paul Muldoon, and Paul McCartney about his life and career. It was 20 years ago today. We had a big bear of a man, it's called Mal Evans, who's on roadie. And uh, I was coming back on the plane and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. I said, what? Sergeant Pepper. This season, we're diving deep into some of McCartney's most beloved songs. Yesterday, Band on the Run, Hey Jude. And McCartney's favourite song in his entire catalogue, here, there and everywhere. Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The radical, out-of-control Trump Supreme Court likely to let him off the hook on his insurrection. That's the MSNBC version of the story. Wow, we'll, that's horse crap. <laughs> we'll tell you about that next segment. So here's the way I want to handle this. And again, I, I've been looking at this stuff since I was a kid. Um, and uh, I, I think it's interesting. Uh I look at political systems. I'm not a political scientist because I realize that world is so academic. I'd rather participate in the real world. But it's unquestionable that there are forces on the left trying to drag the United States into communism or or one of your bridges to communism, a, a socialist society that becomes communism. That is beyond question. And I will fight those people until I am dead. I despise communism. But it makes sense if you look at this from a political science perspective that, of course, there are forces on the right that are trying to drag the politics in a rightward direction. 
That's just the way political systems work. And whether you like the term fascism or not, for what I'm about to describe, we're going to use it just because we don't have a better term. But here's my description of it. And forget what you've read in books, because this is a much more useful description. And it's from uh, a guy by the name of Robert Paxton's Anatomy of Fascism. Fascism may be defined as a form of political behavior marked by obsessive preoccupation. Now, a word like obsessive is a value judgment. Hmm. And I wish he'd left it out. Because a lot of what I'm going to get into is true. And po folks who are fired up about it, they're right. And they should be fired up about it. It's just a question of which solution you go for. Anyway. Uh, it's a form of political behavior marked by obsessive preoccupation with community decline, humiliation, or victimhood by compensatory cults of unity, energy, and purity in which a mass-based party of committed nationalist militants working in uneasy but effective collaboration with traditional elites abandons democratic liberties and pursues with redemptive violence and without ethical or legal restraints, goals of internal cleansing and external expansion. Now, this is that's a little bookish still. I like what he gets into details. That first part, I definitely agreed with the uh, the uh, 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 the symptoms. I definitely agree with community decline. Yeah, victimhood, like by the of what the elites are doing to the country, not illegitimate. But it's in the details that I think it really rings true. Among the things you're going to see is a sense of overwhelming crisis beyond the reach of traditional solutions. Mm. Again, I think we're damn close to that. It's just a question of what you think the cure is. Do you want to stick with the current system, work as hard as you can within it, or do you think it's time to chuck it? And maybe yeah, I think, embrace a strong man. I think I would be closer to feeling like traditional solutions can still fix it, but it's going to take some doing. Another facet of this, the primacy of the group toward which one has duties superior to every individual right. You've got to serve the group. Um, the belief that one's group is a victim, a sentiment that justifies any action without legal or moral limits against its enemies, both internal and external. Or I would say that justifies actions, not any action, but stronger actions that have been done so far without legal or moral limits, okay? Again, I think he exaggerates some of this, but dread of the group's decline under the corrosive effects of individualistic liberalism, class conflict, and alien influences. Do you think the United States and its people might be in decline under the corrosive effects of various trends you've seen lately? The indoctrination of kids in school into neo-Marxist sickness, for instance. That's not an illegitimate concern. It's just about solutions. What do you think are the right solutions? The need for closer integration of a purer community by consent, if possible. The need for authority by natural chiefs culminating in a national chieftain who alone is capable of incarnating the group's historical destiny. There's only one leader who can get this done. Only one. That always happens in fascist movements. Uh, the beauty, uh, oh, the superiority of the leader's instincts over abstract and universal reason. You follow him because you follow him, not because you've reasoned through his rationale and policies and think, yeah, mm -hmm. those are wise policies, I'm with it. It's mm -hmm. much more a cult of personality. 
Uh, the beauty of violence, the efficacy of will, the right of the chosen people to dominate others without restraint from any kind of human or divine law, right being the soul. Anyway, I want to make sure I have time to tie this to uh, to what I think's going on with Tucker Carlson. Yeah, because like, what, what you are yeah. just explaining there, I was thinking, okay, so what's that got to do with Putin, even if I agree with it? Putin is couching his struggle as protecting the Russian people against the influence of the sick, twisted, decadent, perverse West. All of the woke stuff, the transgender stuff, the the polyamory and, and, and gay rights and the rest of it is evil and it's wrong and it's threatening the the Russian people. That's what Putin is pitching. He's in uh, cooperating with the Russian Orthodox Church in this. Um, And there are people on the American right who think the United States is being threatened by the same forces of debauchery and evil and perversity and Marxism and the rest of it. And that it's going to drag us down and kill us unless we fight it. And Putin is our natural ally in fighting the perversion. Nah, you're nuts. You're nuts if you think that. I can buy into all that stuff about where we are and uh, the decay of the country and all that. You can get me like three quarters of the way there. But then when you make the turn and Putin is someone to look to, nah, you're nuts. You're nuts. He's, he might, he's probably the world's richest man stealing from the population while they all struggle, having sex and kids with various actresses and pushing people out of windows who ch- challenge him. What the hell? Yeah, yeah, and he's he's uh, the world's most successful mobster. Yeah, um, yeah. I but that's what I think is going on. Huh? Interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. The fascism always is a cult of personality. Yeah. What, what yeah. is it about human nature that needs to like latch all the, the the troubles that I agree in America, but it has to latch it all into a person and a personality for saving it. I think it has to do with the fact that people believe they're in a fight. And again, I believe we're in a fight. Yeah, I do too. Uh, um, and, and it's a truism of human combat or, or conflict that if you have a great and effective leader, you follow him, you would run through a wall for him. Whether it's in combat or political combat. A charismatic, really effective leader gets people stirred up like nothing else. You know, I have a follow-up comment to this, but we're out of time. I'll jam it in the next segment. We're also going to check in on the Supreme Court because um, Colorado, at least, is trying to keep Trump off of the ballot, mm-hmm. which kind of fits in the, with the conversation we were just having on both sides. And again, don't get hung up on the term fascism. To me, that's uh, call it all-in-ism or whatever you want, because that's not my point. All-in-ism, that's a good term. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way. A brand new show from My Heart Podcast where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before. Tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We have more insightful conversations between myself, Paul Muldoon, and Paul McCartney about his life and career. It was 20 years ago today. We had a big bear of a man, it's called Mal Evans, who's on roadie. And uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. I said, what? Sergeant Pepper? This season, we're diving deep into some of McCartney's most beloved songs. Yesterday, Band on the Run, Hey Jude. And McCartney's favourite song in his entire catalogue, here, there and everywhere. Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. But the court is... It's really culturally inclined to have the, the smallest footprint possible at these moments. And they have three primary questions here. Is the president subject to this uh, provision? Does the provision automatically apply? Uh, or does it need some type of act of Congress? And then finally, was this an insurrection? That's Jonathan Turley, law professor, regularly on Fox, talking about the Supreme Court, taking a look today at whether or not Colorado can keep Donald Trump off the presidential ballot. For reasons of violating the 14th Amendments, uh, you can't have an insurrection, then serve as an officer of the United States. As uh, Turley laid out, there are multiple questions about how you interpret that clause of the 14th Amendment, whether it applies to the president at all whether Trump was involved in an insurrection. Well, a lot of question marks. Before we hear a little from the Supreme Court argument, I'll tell you this. You keep Trump off the ballot in a couple of states, and you're going to push another giant chunk of people toward fascism, if that's what you're hoping for. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The idea, the very idea of keeping a leading candidate off the ballot is straight out of totalitarian regimes and there are a lot of people who say well uh, you want to try to start a totalitarian regime here in the united states we're going to whoop your ass 
Um, and I appreciate their spirit. Um, uh, anyway, we'll uh, let the experts uh, jabber on for uh, another minute. I like this comment from Turley55. What we're going to be listening for is particularly Chief Justice Roberts. He's going to want to eke out a, a heavy majority, if not a unanimity on the court. That's going to mean trying to find something that obviously all of these justices can agree on. That may be the question of whether this is automatic or not. It is less likely to be whether this was an insurrection. The reason this is so important with the Supreme Court rules on the Colorado thing is there are a number of other states that have looked at this. Now, most of the other states that have looked at this have decided, nah, we're not going to try to do that. That's crazy. Right. But uh, if the Supreme Court said Colorado can, eh, they'd probably take another look at it. And there'd be there'd be a handful of states that would take Trump off the ballot. I think you're absolutely right. And then one final clip from Turley, just because I've, I've made a mental note to use his last sentence uh, more often in my real life, 56. Most of us anticipate that the court will look at this rather dimly, that down this road lies madness. If you allow states to do this, a single state mm -hmm. under our electoral college system could effectively bar a candidate. I'm sorry, it wasn't his final sentence, just his key sentence. Down this road lies madness. <laughs> I'm going to say that, you know, in my real life to friends, my wife, whatever. I'm going to say that when I walk into the lunchroom and there's all those boxes of free donuts. Down this road lies madness. Well, here's the key, though. I think what you need to do is you got to, like, you're looking away. Down this road. Then you turn. Lies madness. And then you look them right in the eye. <laughs> To get super serious again, back to the segment before where you're talking about what is fascism, what is not. And you don't want to use that term, but why uh, there are people looking to Tucker Carlson and Putin and all these different sorts of things. You, you earn this by uh, abusing our system, and both parties have so much. The, these sorts of crazy fascist movements have not come out of stable, happy societies. They came out of the, the, the just... The, the awfulness of post-World War One Germany and the hyperinflation and everybody out of work and they needed somebody to blame and blah, blah, blah. And, and you can, I could go through a whole bunch of different examples. And now we're getting closer to that where you see you've got open borders, you've uh, which drives people crazy. You, you could even look at the financial crisis where everything happened with the homes and nobody went to jail. There's all kinds of reasons that people feel like everything that, that you know, the... the uh, dispensaries for tampons in your boy's locker room at high school. Mm -hmm. All these different things that will make people think everything's out of control. Everything's completely out of control. I'm going to I'm gonna lean toward this strong man to try to fix it. And to kick it 1776 style, you could argue there's taxation without representation because inflation is a tax. When the government prints more money to hand out to its cronies, that makes your money worth less. They have taken money from you to give to their cronies. So that fires people up, too. Yeah. The down this road lies madness. Down this road lies madness. The You're president is right. going to waive all that student debt for the kids who went to college and I didn't go to college and I'm supposed to pay for it. I mean, you want to end up with a fascist movement. That's a good way to do it. Meanwhile, on the other side, they're saying you had the sitting president send an angry mob to the Capitol and they busted it in and smashed a bunch of cops. Right. Troubled times, friends. Troubled I'd times. Say. And so you've got movements on both sides who are saying, hey, the existing laws, traditions, uh, if we stay inside them, we're going to lose the battle, so we're going to go outside them. At any rate, 
back to the court case in Colorado, which is uh, part of all of that discussion. Uh, you got Katanji Brown Jackson, speaking of communists, the way left new judgeette, uh, talking to Jonathan Mitchell, who is uh, the lawyer on Trump's side uh, in clip 59 here. All right. Final question. Um, the Colorado Supreme Court concluded that the violent attempts of the petitioner supporters uh, in this case to halt the count uh, on January 6th qualified as an insurrection uh, as defined by Section 3. And I read your opening brief to accept uh, that those events counted as an insurrection. Um, but then your reply seemed to suggest that they were not. So. What is your position oh, as to that? We never accepted or conceded in our opening brief that this was an insurrection. What we said in our opening brief was President Trump did not engage in any act that can plausibly be characterized as insurrection. All right, so this why would not this not engage. be an insurrection? What is your argument that it's not? Your reply brief says that it wasn't because I think you say um, it did not involve an organized attempt to overthrow right. the government. So That's one of many reasons, but for an insurrection there needs to be an organized, concerted effort to overthrow the government of the United States through violence. And this and so the point is that a chaotic effort to overthrow the government is not an insurrection? No, we didn't concede that it's an effort to overthrow the government either, Justice Jackson. Right? None of these criteria were met. This was a riot. It was not an insurrection. The events were shameful, criminal, violent, all of those things, but it did not qualify as insurrection as that term is used in Section 3. Thank you. Because, thanks. You know, speaking of, uh, first of all, hey, uh, Mrs. Judge, did you read it? Wait a minute. We didn't concede that. So she just had that wrong. Um, I'm reminded of there is an absolutely horrific uh, case of injustice going on. What state is it? Is it Tennessee where folks who are praying outside an abortion clinic are being charged with felony blocking uh, access charges when violent looting rioters during the Black Lives Matter George Floyd melee are being paid money by the government for the grievous insult of having been arrested while they were rioting and looting. Is that enough to make you kind of pissed off and kind of make you want to chuck the current system? Oh, 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 I have to operate within the laws of the current system, and I am not advocating lawlessness, nor fascism, nor anything else. Again, I believe in a different set of solutions than some. But the energy for that outrage is legit. Right. God, you could extend that to so many examples. How about how about the homeless craze in some of uh, some of your cities? So I can't have a beer walking down the street and be without a mask, you know, two years ago or whatever. But that guy gets to live in the park and shoot up drugs, no mask. What what the hell? Why With am I an supposed unlicensed to follow... pit bull off leash? Sure. Right. But I'm supposed to follow the law and they don't have to. That will make people pretty cynical about the system. Why do I have to follow the law? I mean, it sounds like a uh, a couple of little kids mad at mom for saying, no, you can't have dessert or whatever. Johnny did. Why can't I? That's a, that is a very, very basic human need. It's inborn in us. We want justice. And we want equal justice. And there is a widespread perception, and it ain't wrong, that that's not happening. What's that saying again, Michael? I do have to memorize that myself. That is a good one. Looking this direction is the road no, to hell. No. Down this road lies madness. Yes. Down this road 
lies madness. <laughs> I like you. I like when you go all Lawrence Olivier on it. That's that's what I like. That's my trademark. <laughs> Down this road lies madness. I do not have much doubt whatsoever that the Supreme Court will will rule against uh, roads of madness. Um, I see you on a dark stage, solo spotlight, skull in hand, right? <laughs> Looking at the skull or Down something. Down this road, then you look at the audience. Lies madness. <laughs> Down this road lies madness. <laughs> Down the road we've been discussing lies madness for sure. When you have. Not just a perception, but an undeniable reality that justice is unequal. And what's interesting is on the left, and many of their examples of uh, unequal justice are fictional. But putting that aside for the moment, on the left, it's taken as an article of faith. It's a truism that if there is unequal justice, militancy is excused. It's justified. Loot it back burn it down this isn't our country but if anybody so much as tiptoes up to that line on the right all of a sudden it's a national emergency and joe biden is trying to root out right-wing extremists in the military and they didn't find any or they they didn't find any more than they would find on your local church softball team this is not good folks not good nope if i were to sum it up down this road lies madness. You got to get a T-shirt that says that. Um, so it's assumed by most nonpartisan legal scholars I've been listening to that the Supreme Court will not say Colorado can keep Trump off the ballot. But if they go the other direction, holy crap! Yeah, it, it, that would that would be uh, ugly. Really, well, you, really ugly. Well, as Turley mentioned, it it would open up a can of worms because then going forward, the 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 you know the state of Texas is going to try to figure out how whatever Democratic candidate violated something and keep them off the ballot. It's just it'll just never end. Sure. Going back to the previous discussion, if you were to cite a few words or phrases or speeches uttered by a Joe Biden that seem to excuse or encourage widespread rioting around the country. I mean, that's a high crime. Inciting a riot is a high crime, certainly. Um, yeah, where does it end? Mm, we know. Madness. Exactly. Down this road I mean, lies we madness. Know. We know. We get it, all right? Jeez. I got Apple Maps. I get it. <laughs> madness. Point. There's right. two ways to go to madness. I can go this way. It takes 18 minutes. This way it takes 19 minutes, but less turns. So I right. understand. Right. Uh, more on the way. Stay here. It was on the armrest, the outer armrest. It was on her seat and in the floor. It was all on her blouse, kind of on her pants. And, uh, you know, it had been flying all day, right? It probably had an upset stomach. So it wasn't just like a typical pile of poop. It was, you know, it was uh, a mess. The lady was reluctant to move or to deal with it. The flight attendants were slow to come. They cleaned it eventually with, um, they were wearing like hazmat type of clothes. And they cleaned the seat and they cleaned the seat uh, around it. Okay. 
Uh, probably should have set that up so you know what we were talking about there. Right? Somebody had a dog on their flight, which happens way too often, and it was uh, defecating all over the place. Last flight Judy and I took, we counted five dogs within, I think, four rows of us. Yeah. It's nuts. The whole, and I, I, I'd love to have this discussion without any like prejudice or passion or anything like that, but you can't go to a restaurant with without somebody having the dog there or multiple Correct. people. And Correct. now dogs are perfectly fine in hotels. Yeah. And we've just become a dogs everywhere society. It's just interesting. Yeah. And uh, there must be enough people that like that that it continues. I find having the responsibility of dealing with my dog incredibly distracting. I have no desire to take my dog everywhere I go. None. No, I'm I'm not not traveling with my dog because the hotel won't let me or the flight won't let me. It sounds miserable. <laughs> I don't want to do it at all. Yeah, but to each their own, I guess. Yeah, to each their own. I know. But you talk about uh, a relationship problem there. That they, they talk about all the things you need to discuss before you get married or get together as a couple. You got to decide, are we take the pets with us people or not? Because if you are, you can't imagine going to the beach without driving, flying, staying in the hotel, going to the restaurant with your dog. If you're not, it sounds like a living hell. And that's a tough bridge to gap. Well, before you ever get there, discuss the pet in the bed. If you're a no, she's a yes, or vice versa, just go your separate ways. Wish each other well, maybe a big hug, then go your separate ways. Sorry, gap to bridge, not bridge to gap. Uh, yeah, you, you, I, I'm, I'm on the why would a freaking dog or cat be in the bed person. And a lot of people are, I can't sleep without my dog or cat in the bed. And if you don't agree with on that, uh, there's like there's not like a middle ground. No. That's a tough one. No. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. No, 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 no. Teach, no, no, teach no. their own. Yeah. No, I'm not saying one's clearly right, but I am one. And then I would be miserable if I had to sleep with a dog or cat in the bed every night. Miserable. I will engage in a romantic act with my dog before he slumbers in my bed. Why'd you have How to say adamant? that? It's an illustration. Was of it? Of my adamance, yes. Or is that something you've been wanting to say for a long time? <laughs> I think you're missing my point, sir. Um, how much time we got here, Michael? Can I jam this in? You got two minutes. Okay, uh, play that Jimmy Fallon joke that the punchline is Biden's old. That will lead into this uh, nicely. Meanwhile, it's been crazy here in New York City because President Biden has been in town all day. Yep. And just one minute on the subway was all it took to end his love of trains. <laughs> He's like, that's it, good Lord. But Biden had fun while he was here. He even took a horse and buggy around Central Park, or as he calls it, Uber. And, uh, there you go. Biden's mm. old. So, yeah, uh, Biden was in New York. Why? Fundraisers. And uh, twice, twice in one day, he did what he did the other day. So the other day he mentioned uh, the president of France, Mitterrand, who was president back in the 90s. And First he said he was the president of Germany. I mean, France. Mitterrand. And then he did it again. So I'll read for the New York Post version. For the third time this week, President Biden told an audience that he had discussed January 6th with a dead European leader. On Wednesday, Biden told Democratic donors in New York that he spoke about the riot with former German Chancellor Helmut Kohl, whose death long predates January 6th. Uh, the shocking gaffe came just days after the 81-year-old president mentioned French President 
uh, Francois Mitterrand, who died in 96. Uh, but so the amazing thing is that Biden did it twice. He did it at a fundraiser. They go across the street to another fundraiser, tells the same story as he's wont to do, and nobody corrected it or said anything or whatever. You think at some point, hey, stop mentioning the long dead people that you had conversations with. It's kind of weird. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's just well. And, and like you said, is. and like you said the other day, as you get older, you have the mix up names, can't come up with a word thing. We all do, but I'm pretty sure I've never accidentally said I talked to somebody that's been dead for a long time. Pretty sure I've never done that. And there is only one reason he's skipping the incredible softball opportunity of the pre Super Bowl interview. It's that he can't. Yeah, He's not or, up to it. Or no speech about our strikes in the Middle East. When has that ever happened? Right. right. Armstrong and Getty. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man. He's called Mal Evans, who's on roadie. And uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Sergeant Pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.